She reckons the fun of living is all about the unexpected. But I've experienced the unexpected, and let me tell you, I am not about that life. Oops, <laughs> sorry, Norris. I smile at him. My mind was somewhere else. Tuna steak, yeah? I reach into the chilled counter to grab the fish fillet when Norris's gravelly voice stops me. Actually, love, I think I'll go for sea bass today. I freeze, my hand dangling mid-air inside the counter, my eyes sliding across to my colleague, tall Joan, and then to my boss, taller Joan. They don't seem to notice that Norris, who has been getting the same tuna for time immemorial, has suddenly changed his regular order to sea bass. What's going on? I ask suspiciously, wondering what on earth has caused Norris's unforeseen change of habit. Uh, are you... is everything okay, Norris? I think my question comes out more accusatory than I attend it to, because Norris frowns, his thick, white eyebrows lowering so much that they almost obscure his heavy-lidded blue eyes. I just fancied something different, is all, Olive. Nice to switch things up once in a blue moon. Nice to switch things up. The last time I switched things up, it was 2010, when I bought some coloured contact lenses on a whim and people thought I had glaucoma. Oh, I say, fumbling over his new order. Cool. Totally. Great. Something different. Fancy that. On my way home from work that evening... I button up my plum-coloured duffel coat and wander through central Manchester towards the tram stop that will take me back to the rural suburb of Saddleworth, where I live. The sky is still blue and bright, the springtime weather crunchy and fresh like a Granny Smith apple right out of the fridge. I amble through Piccadilly Gardens, saying hello to the friendly florist with a pretty pop-up flower shop. At Café Milo, I stop, as I do each week, to pick up a big cup of tea cheese and hamburger and a custard tart for Mickey, the homeless man, who can always be found on the benches by the fountains. I smile as I approach the busking cello player outside Superdrug. He's there playing for the commuters every Thursday night without fail. I toss a pound coin into his cello case. Thanks, Olive, he yells cheerfully as I pass. Cool cello playing, George, I call back, giving him a thumbs up. I have Fridays and Saturdays off work, so I won't see him again until next week. Have a brilliant weekend, George. You too. I'm about to reach the tram stop, but before I do, a smiley-faced woman jumps right in front of me and blocks my path. Who is this person? What does she want from me? Why is she in my face, smiling so loudly? If I were a cat, I'd be all puffed up right now, fur on end, hissing, all of that. I'm not looking to invite Jesus into my life at the moment. I explain, concluding that a person so smiley can only be someone who's recently discovered the Lord and wants me to do the same. <laughs> Good one, the girl says, handing me a paper flyer printed with the words, Secret Comedy. Secret Comedy, three exclamation points, I ask, intrigued. Why is the comedy a secret? Who is it a secret from? Oh, it's just a marketing trick. The girl explains. Secret stuff is all the rage nowadays, right? Secret bars and secret speakeasies, secret gardens, secret cinema, secret pot brownie in the bottom desk you draw at work for when your boss is talking about Excel macros and you wonder how long it'll be until your head pops off with boredom, you know. <laughs> oh. Anyway, it's a free improv comedy show we're putting on. 
and there's usually an open mic session afterwards if you're up for it. I feel a little frisson of interest somewhere deep in my stomach. But it's a Thursday night and that's always Big Bang Theory night with Alex and Donna who are obsessed with the Big Bang Theory. We have dinner and then we watch it together as a family. They're expecting me to be there. And even if I wanted to go to this secret show, I really need a shower because, let's face it, odour seafood is not a good bouquet on anyone. Plus, I can hardly go to a comedy club on my own. That would just be strange. What if more strangers tried to talk to me or the comedy folk peer pressured me into getting on the open mic and somehow I decided that it was time to spew out all my worried thoughts about poor Birdie to the ether and someone in the audience shouted, what do you think this is, the damn therapist's office? And everyone laughed at me instead of with me and I became the joke of Manchester and probably the entire secret comedy world at large.